So Behringer Fox Wingard the <laughs> third nailed it. So welcome to the show. I appreciate you coming on and uh, freelance artist, uh, nomadic Canada, U.S. So uh, when you say freelance artist, uh, what is it? What is it that you do? Um, I am having sound issues all of a sudden. Oh, Actually, you have, you're having sound issues now? Okay. Give me one second. Oh, okay. Okay. Sounds like we're, we're back to good. So okay. uh, I have been um, an artist since, you know, forever. I always drew growing up and whatnot, but I never really knew what to do with it. And I ended up going to a trade school and uh, did a computer animation course, which um, really meant a lot to me. Like I really dove into it. It was uh, more of the sculpting uh, digital sculpting that I really got into. And um, by about 2001, 2002, that turned into a gig doing uh, video games and um, a couple smaller like kids cartoon movie style projects with some Disney guys. Um, and uh, shortly thereafter, I, about 2005, I ended up moving, well, I started working for a company called Massive Black out of San Francisco. And they were just really just a big collective of amazing artists from all over the world, really. Um, I think most of us were from the US, but um, you know, quite a few people from Europe and everywhere else. And it was, more than anything else, it was just an art collective um, started by a guy named Jason Manley who created conceptart.org back in the day. So um, he basically just picked and choose amazing artists from that site to try and build this outsourcing company. So we ended up doing uh, video games, commercial projects, all sorts of stuff like that for years. Um, and then after that, I worked for a company called Perpetual Entertainment on a Star Trek video game. And then I made the switch to film and I started working for Phil Tippett uh, from Tippett Studios. He's a guy who like built the original Job of the Hut and stuff. So he's a you know, huge guy in the industry. Um, I did a couple projects with them and took a couple years off and then dove back into um, VFX again with the movie Thor. It was my first one back in 2011 or 2010. Wow. I believe. And uh, I worked in Vancouver, Canada, um, on and off, mostly on for about the next eight years. And my last film was Avengers Infinity War. And um, I was part of the team that built the Thanos model that got us the gig at Digital Domain being the primary caretaker of the Thanos model before, along with uh, Weta and ILM. And uh, just after pre-production, I decided I was done with VFX for a while and I moved back to the States. I'm now in Charleston, South Carolina, and I'm working on comic books, which was always kind of my true love to begin with and how I got into everything else and uh, doing other freelance projects, so. That's awesome. Yeah, well, I mean, especially a huge fan of the the, the Marvel, the MCU, so that's oh, yeah. dope, that's dope. Like, so designed Thanos. Well, Thanos, you know, is already, been designed by comic exactly. creators for years um, and then there's a couple guys over at the um, Marvel Studios uh, they have some conceptual artists of their own who roughed out the basic idea 2D of what he would look like and um, my job was to basically well what happened was ILM or I guess Marvel at this point um, had the base sculpture of the Hulk that they used for the previous Avenger films um, so they sent that to Digital Domain. Digital Domain handed that to me. 
And then I took that base kind of construct of what, you know, super huge, bulky, like more monster frame looked like. And I turned him into more like what you see on screen of Thanos today. Um, so that was kind of the first step. And I worked with the guy, the guys who did uh, the team, uh, worked on the, the Josh Brolin kind of head concepts for what he would look like. And then we kind of brought everything in together along with some different costumes we designed. And we did our initial screen test of uh, Thanos sitting in a throne and Josh Brolin doing a talk over, uh, voiceover where he's talking to Loki mm-hmm. and kind of respecting him, but dissing him at the same time. And he just sits there and does simple like movements with his hands while he's talking to Loki. And I went in and I sculpted every single frame of the project because it was early in pre-production. So we didn't have muscle systems or anything created at that point. So I sculpted every single frame basically to make sure his anatomy looked as perfect as possible for this introduction to Thanos that we were gonna show to Marvel Studios. And um, they really dug it. So we ended up with the Thanos lead and uh, eventually a whole bunch of his minions and other characters. Yeah, no, that's fantastic. And that's incredible. How would, so since you're, since you work mostly with like CGI and, 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 and animation, how have you been impacted by the current state of affairs? Have you been able to still, you know, work remotely? Well, um, you know, like I said, I left at around 2018, I left Canada. So I kind of left the VFX industry at that point. And my goal was to focus on my own projects for a couple of years. So in that situation, you know, I basically just went off on my own and I drew my own comic book, um, or at least the prologue to my first comic book, Dark Sub Rosa. And um, that was a really fun project. And I'm actually about to start working on issue number one now. Um, I worked on a few other projects in between, hired gigs. Um, There was another comic book that I started working with a bunch of guys that I met at some of the conventions. Well, that's basically what I started doing. I came to town, started working on my own comic while doing the Southeastern comic convention scene, setting up booths at all the different shows and doing a bunch of traveling. I think the last six months of 2019, I did about 13 or 14 different shows. So I was keeping pretty busy traveling all over the Southeastern United States doing that. It was a little, it was a lot of fun. You know, it's not something I'd done before. Um, Staying in motels and everything every few weeks gets a little annoying. But, um, you know, it's a, it's a fun gig. It's, it's selling my prints, doing my thing, working for myself. And, um, yeah, I really enjoyed that. So that has been affected dramatically yeah. <laughs> by our current situation. Um, my last show was in February, um, Captain's Comic-Con here in Charleston. And um, it, it went fairly normal because um, word about coronavirus I mean, it was out, but I think we were all being a, I don't know if the word is misled, but uh, they were claiming it wasn't that bad. Mm-hmm. So we all figured, let's do one more show, see if we can squeeze a couple more in. But uh, it was the end of February when we kind of all realized all shows are getting canceled for the rest of the year. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I, I remember that was uh, March 12th was my last gig. And you're right, there was a lot of, Mis- misleading information if just not re- unreleased information yeah. so yeah it was a confusing time <laughs> yeah. february march yeah. 
Yeah, well, uh, you know, luckily, you know, I, uh, my wife, she just said, hey, listen, you know, the buck stops here. We're just, we're, we're not doing jack shit. And so that's, that was the, uh, that was the, that was the smart decision. I was pretty much on the same boat too. And I figured, you know, I, I, I pretty much had a setup to where I could work, work remote. I could work from home editing or live streaming. Um, and, and, you know, we were doing, we were doing pretty well anyway, to where we had the savings, we, you know, we had the nest egg and we had the investment that, you know, if, if I had to go on unemployment, that wouldn't be the end of the world, but I didn't really have to. Um, the virtual stuff started kicking in in April. Um, a lot of the remote stuff and virtual stuff. So definitely blessed in that regard. But yeah, I think for us, it wasn't necessarily confusion. It was just um, maybe more fear and con a heightened concern, especially because we had a, a, a newborn. So it was just this heightened concern, yeah. but but yeah, I mean, with, with the exception of without, have you been partaking in any vir of the virtual Comic Cons? Because I know there's a lot of co conventions that went virtual. I personally haven't. I've seen a few of them pop up here and there. Um, I had actually started a project. I, you know, with all the people I'd worked with at all the different conventions, I had started a project called Seize uh, the Southeastern Artist Showcase, where I got 35 different artists to all contribute to a book. Um, and that we kind of ended up turning into uh, something of a convention type thing. Um, on Kicks we went on Kickstarter and we're offering buttons and stickers and all the kind of swag that you would get at the, the conventions. Um, unfortunately, the Kickstarter wasn't successful. We earned, I think we put our numbers a little too high. We were looking for like 15,800. Um, we ended up at about 11,200, something like that. And we had about three more grand to put in ourselves if we had to, but um, without those other numbers hitting, we just kind of let it die. Um, I, I still hope to do something with the project. The book is pretty much done. So we'll probably seek publishers down the line for that. But it was kind of more of a, just a passion project for myself and like connecting all these different artists at these conventions who I didn't feel like really had great representation outside of these shows. Yeah. Um, yeah. Not many of them, I mean, there's some fantastic artists in there, don't get me wrong, but a lot of them weren't working full-time professionally, and I thought this might be a good place for them to, like, get their work out there in a book, you know, and just really show off what they can do to everybody who I don't think normally got the chance to see all these different diverse variety of artists. So, um, you know, I'll revisit that in some time, but uh, no, personally, I haven't done any of the virtual Comic-Cons. I started working on another comic book, the end of 2019 and that went till for about six months um, and I parted ways with those guys after the first book was finished and um, other than that I just I did a commercial for Virginia a mail-in voting commercial and it turned out really great you said you're kind of in the DC area right yeah DC area yeah um, I don't know how far that commercial is being spread but I know they're showing it in your area so that's kind of cool it was a fun project it was only a little over a week's work, but you know, it was fun for me to do. I got to draw all my own characters, all my style. So, you know, just trying to stay busy. Yeah, I, I know it. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I, I've had plenty of unsuccess with Kickstarter and Indiegogo myself. So I get it. I, I've, I've put, I, I put some projects. Sorry about that. I put some projects out there 
And, you know, I had a, I had a certain budget in mind and came nowhere. Uh, you, you almost hit your mark. I, I didn't even come anywhere close to, I think it's, if I'm doing my math right, it sounds like you got like 80% to your, to your goal. And I don't yeah, even think, I think I if got... we had, if we thrown in our extra cash that we put aside for it, we would have been about 84, 85%, I think it was. But without that, we were about 66, 67%. So, you know, I was proud of how we did, but obviously it would have been nice to bring it home, you know? Yeah, I don't even think I got like 10% close to my goal. So like, I, I don't think anybody was just interested in in my short film at all. We shot, a, we shot like a promo teaser, but this was, I think this was about 10 years ago. And I, I tried to revamp it again and still nothing, so. <laughs> just uh you know kind of doing like my own thing like the podcast you know that's i can do this relatively for free essentially so yeah, yeah. but uh but, but uh um have you been watching anything binge watching binge reading studying or just for inspiration I, or escape yeah I, all, all the time all yeah. all of those yes yes and yes um the um the show i've been watching lately you know, we can't binge it because they're only releasing one a week, but the boys I've been really digging. I thought season one was fantastic. Yeah. Um, season two, it did, hasn't had quite that hit to me. And um, my wife actually phrased it pretty well. She said in the first season, she really like cared about a bunch of the characters and what would happen to them and how they're feeling, you know, going through these experiences. And she said she doesn't really care about anybody in the second season. They're all just kind of dicks. You know? Yeah, yeah. We, uh, the my I I binge watched it. I think I finished season one in a day, maybe two days. Yeah, it, it was it was really freaking good. And I try to get the wife into it. She wasn't really interested in like the first five or ten minutes. And she always does this where I finished it. It was so good to me. I finished it in a day. And then so then she's like, okay, I'll give it a chance to hurry up because the second season is coming out in a month. Um, and so I guess that was what August or September I was binge watching yeah. the first season and and then so I think she got a couple episodes in three or four she was really into it I think she stopped for whatever reason she stopped again <laughs> I said babe I'm gonna start watching the second season without you if you don't catch up <laughs> and uh, yeah so it's, that's so does is Prime release an, an episode a week or is it or does Prime do the whole thing right out the gate well it goes back and forth for season two of the boys they're doing every Friday they release a new one. Well, they, they released, I think, the three on the first day mm -hmm. and then one every week after. But um, I, I thought they usually released everything at the same time. See, the streaming services are starting to do things differently now. So even Netflix with Letterman's, with Letterman's, uh, my next guest is dot, 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 or whatever the name yeah, is. Yeah. That's weekly or it was weekly. Mm. But generally Netflix does everything just the whole season you know, Hulu is like 50-50. Hulu will have a show. The whole season's the whole season's ready. But Handmaid's Tale is weekly. I know that. That's what, HBO or something? Handmaid's is Hulu, I think. Oh, Hulu. All right. And and so Hulu will do Hulu will do some shows immediately. Hulu will do some shows weekly. And now it looks like Prime's doing the same thing. Cause I think I think uh oh my God, Hunters which was freaking phenomenal. I don't know. Yeah, if I really it. dug that one too. Yeah. yeah, that was a good show. I think that was the whole thing at once. 
I think. I think so too, because we went through it really fast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I think I, I think I knocked that out in, in like a day or two also. It was just, I just couldn't put it, couldn't put it down, you know? Oh, and they wrapped it up well too. Like, yeah. you know, it doesn't even need another season. It's just, it was a perfect entity in and of itself right there. I and, prefer when they do it that way. When, the, when they like, it's nice to allude to there could be something more, but I like when it's just nice and wrapped up and tight and done after a season. Like that, and a hell of an ending. Yeah, totally. A hell of an ending. Like, I didn't see any. I didn't see any of that coming. Um, and spoiler alert to any of our viewers for for Hunter. Spoiler alert. But it never even dawned on me that she was uh, Eva Braun. Yeah. Totally. Never. Looks because they kind of like dolled her up, kind of like Eva Braun, and it never even dawned on me. They called her the Colonel. Yeah. Yeah, the colonel. Yeah. Colonel, yeah. And yeah, no, I thought the the whole. I didn't see it coming, and I feel like usually I could figure something out well before, and um, maybe I just was off my game. But no, it it took me and surprised me. I really enjoyed it. There's um, there was another series we watched, uh, Lock and Key. Did you watch that one? Those are the names of the guys, right? No, that's the name of the book, Lock and Key. Lock and but no. Lock is the name of the family in the book, L-O-C-K-E. Mm -hmm. But anyway, um, I, I was really looking forward to the series because it's written by um, Stephen King's son, the graphic novel. I can't think of his name right now. But um, that is one of my favorite comic books of all time. Between his writing and the art, it's just, it's a series everyone should read. Um, and they had fun with the TV show, but I feel like they took what was a whole story, which was five graphic novels, and they kind of forced it all into one season. Yeah. Not really the way they should have gone with that one, I don't think. And it was kid-friendly enough that I think they could have developed a big base of people who would have followed that up season after season. So it kind of surprised me they took that route. But nonetheless, Lock and Key, the graphic novel, uh, Joe Hill is the um, the writer's name. Okay, it's fantastic. So that's Stephen King's son. Stephen King's son. Yes. Oh, okay. Uh, and, um, I, they recently did another TV show on Netflix together. It was a thing with the grass or something like that. The, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Into the in, into the tall grass. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That that was that was astounding. That I thought it was really fun. Yeah. Yeah. Super that was creepy. fun super yeah. creepy yeah but and uh is that the one that was the one where like the the kid ran out and went back into the church yeah super creepy super yeah creepy. my wife just hates stuff where she's like well i hate watching stuff with her where she's like oh that can never happen and i'm like that's not the point man stop <laughs> stop watching this stuff with me stop watching this stuff with me but she likes she uh, apparently she likes boys the boys but yeah that can never happen oh oh she's a huge game of thrones fan of, of course yeah ice zombies and uh right, yeah. women who give birth to, to dragons but mm -hmm. <laughs> i guess that could happen uh, apparently that that's historical fact what's well, a lot sexier so more willing to <laughs> let it happen you know <laughs> yeah, I'm, yeah i'm sure i'm sure i'm sure but uh lock and key um i was gonna oh like walking dead Walking Dead diverted and Game of Thrones diverted from the books because they oh, yeah. had to just they just had to kick the content out there. And the guy and the guys, um, the the two authors of the two properties just weren't finished writing 
their uh their story and they said well that's fine <laughs> we'll just keep yeah. making the show this way you make walking dead you 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 write and 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 uh release the graphic novels of walking dead that way we'll do the show this way well it's kind of funny because robert kirkman was pretty far along with walking dead by the time the tv show started and that first episode of walking dead it was like the first issue of the comic book yeah. almost to a t but then for the rest of the like first and second season on the tv show they just totally left any of the concepts in the book and honestly i didn't like them as much i was like wow it was the graphic novel was better but then as the series started going they started bringing back all his ideas from the comic books almost verbatim you know given that they had already changed the story and had to move forward as they were um but I, from what I gather, they're kind of wrapping it the way he did in the books. I forget if I finished the whole story, but I got the three massive compendiums. So I'll have to revisit those again at some point. Yeah. yeah. I, I like what they did with Negan, for sure. Yeah. Well, he, he was def definitely an interesting character. Um, one, of the, one of the better villains, one of the better, like, uh, mega bosses that they've dealt with, but... Um, they got spinoff movies. They got spinoff shows now. Which There's another one coming out? Apparently, the one with the kids, right? Yeah, yeah. Like the, it's like in the future, after they've all kind of recreated society or something, but have to deal with it. And I, then, I'm not sure exactly what it was, but that was the gist I took from it. With the with the four teenagers, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, a funny joke about Walking Dead is everyone, nobody ever wants spoilers, you know, like, oh, did you watch Walking Dead last night? No, shut up. I haven't seen it yet. And so my joke would be every once in a while, just be like, but the aliens and they're like, dude, shut up. <laughs> and so I, I'm sure you're aware that to sell the Walking Dead graphic novel, Kirkman said that an alien invasion and I never knew this story until after for years, I just kept, I would just randomly bring up, yeah, but the aliens came down and people were like, shut up. So then finally I hear this backstory that Kirkman sold, was able to get financing or, or, or get, uh, was able to pitch it with the idea that at some point aliens would come down and then we're like, oh, okay, we like it. And then as he's releasing it, he's like, there was never gonna be aliens, but do you like my graphic novel? They're like, well, oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, but I had read something he said i believe it was a quote from him talking about how he had talked about the virus being derived from something alien so that might tie in kind of still what he was no not recently this is years ago um like back probably when the show first started i thought he had talked about the virus actually being of a extra terrestrial design or something i think that was a lie he made up to get it must be because he's never brought it up again <laughs> he's not, i don't and, and so i think it was bullshit he said and i think i saw that on youtube or somebody told me i was like that's what i've been saying this whole time but it's my bullshit spoiler <laughs> it's my bullshit spoiler to like people that are like oh i haven't seen it yet don't tell me yet and i'm like but the aliens and then and and, and then to find out that was his bullshit lie to get it sold and then he was and then he just but he never went to aliens i don't think it ever is going to but no i mean I'm, i think the characters in the show were discussing what it might have come from at some point and that came up but outside of that it's just an afterthought well well now it's but when well now it's so relevant like to like 
the quarantine now and COVID because I think one of the best scenes I get into so many arguments with a few people that are global warming de deniers and uh, or or whatever you want to call it global warming climate change. There's just there was it was it was uh, what was it? It was uh, the first episode of the second season. That doctor in CDC, he was he was Jim Carrey's buddy in the Truman Show. I forget that actor's name, but um, that scientist in the CDC, I think he was experimenting on his own wife. And they were like, well, what what caused it? What caused it? And he goes, what do you what do you what do you think caused it? We did. Yeah. And, and, and well, and, and, and then, you know, later on in that episode, he whispers in, in um, Rick's ear, which turns out later on that we all we've all always had it or something like that for however long but he goes what do you think caused it we caused it and he goes off on this rant and rave and, and he goes and his last and, and he ends it with uh we burn fossil fuels for christ's sake how stupid is that <laughs> and it's like it dawned on me like that, that exactly that's it i mean yeah. we caught we caused it it's just because covid is a mix of whatever flus fecal matters it, it, it was derived at some petting some some exotic zoo slash restaurant in china or something and yeah, there's so many stories at this point but it's like I, a mix. i've resigned myself to knowing i'll never know where it started whether the chinese are lying whether the trump administration's lying whether it's even bigger than that it's like but it's just but we've got to think about it it's a mix of all this stupid shit we've been doing for oh totally centuries you know, smoke, cigarettes, meth, uh, fossil fuel burning, um, fracking, uh, plastic surgeries. <laughs> well, and on top of all that, it's not like it would surprise you if it was man-made. You know, it could have been a result of anything else or it could have been perfectly formatted to screw us all up. Yep. You know, who knows? Either way, we we did it, so. Yeah, totally. <laughs> But, but, but I mean, you know, like how prophetic is uh, Walking Dead and, and, uh, and 28 Days Later and um, War of the Worlds? Because even War of the Worlds, the aliens died from the common cold. Yeah. And now we're dying from a super flu. Stephen King's The Stand. Uh, well, it's funny. Even like the craziest science-based sci-fi stuff from, you know, years and years ago it starts it's because it is the concept that we eventually make it happen you know if we can think of it it's only a matter of time until in many cases some idiot creates it uh, yeah but well, generally well, it benefits humanity generally well star trek i mean they thought of um bigger better space travel but even something as stupid as like the little uh, flip phones that they had, those yeah. little, the, 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 the communicators, those flip phones that they thought of that were fictional turned into the iPhone, basically. It's oh, there's so much. The warp speed, like you're saying, to travel through time, the flip phones, the laser beams, like all of it, you know, had, had been conceptualized, you know, leading up to Star Trek. But I think that was the first series that really brought every concept of the future really into one show. And uh, in my opinion, did it right. I've watched that series three times over in my life, you know? The, the Kirk one? The Kirk one, hell yeah. <laughs> I loved it. Yeah. I might have to, like, you're, you're, my, you're the third guest on here that's talked about the, the Kirk, the, the original series. So maybe, because I, I could never sit down. I could never, it was, to me, it's, it was, it's always stood out as hokey. 
and and, oh, kind, and and kind of cheesy but the movie star trek the motion picture blew me away it just it was astounding like the the, the twist and who Viger was and 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 even the effects still stand up more or less Th those effects stand up to today um, yeah no I, it's it's amazing but it, you definitely got to give the original series another chance and it is hokey and you know there's some super like the fight scenes are just oh yeah. my god, oh, <laughs> god. Like, so bad picking up fake rocks and um but i don't know i first watched it all the way through when i was in college and it came on every night i want to say from midnight until one or two a.m so I just binge even back then. Yeah. Binging started. Binge like two to four episodes every weeknight. And that's the first time I watched the whole series. And I don't know. I had a new respect for it at that point because I'd already watched The Next Generation and all that kind of stuff. So it was nice to see the roots of it. And mm -hmm. it's great to see, even in like current Star Trek stuff, how they relate back to all of that. Um, like I think the new series, heard something about a new series coming out and it's going to be about Captain Pike who was the character who was in the first episode, the, mm -hmm. the pilot. So there wasn't Kirk, there was Pike. Mm -hmm. And he immediately got replaced with a, the legendary. William Shatner is Kirk. Yeah, William Shatner. But the guy from Hells on Wheels is playing Pike. Anson something. Yeah, he was he was Black Bolt in, the, in Humans. Yeah, and, not uh, a good show. Not a good show. I, uh, I tried. I tried. It's 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 Marvel. It's it's loosely in the MCU. So I really wanted to at least watch it and see see how that universe is expanded. And I still I just yeah. could not. I could not even force myself. I I think I eventually finished it, or I've got one or two episodes left. But I mean, that's that was watching one every three months. <laughs> every three months. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I didn't really care, but I was like, okay, kind of, you know, like you said, anything MCU I'm into. So I wanted to get through it, but you know, I had trouble. I never finished Cloak and Dagger. I couldn't get through that one. I don't think I did. And um, yeah. Runaways, I didn't finish either. But my problem with Runaways, that's another of, in my opinion, that first graphic novel, one of the best stories I've ever read. It's just amazing. And it's fun and uh the artist alfonso something he just does all the coolest most unique like clothing styles and everything so it's just a pleasure to look at and the story was fantastic and then uh you know again by episode three or four on the tv show kind of started going in a new direction yeah i don't know why they didn't or why they did that because i don't feel like that comic was so popular that the fans would have been upset to see it on film or to everyone new, it was just a great story to redo. So yeah, I feel like yeah. when they veer off of these fantastic writers' concepts, it, they usually, you know, kick themselves in the ass doing that. I think I finished the first season, but then I think the second season I kind of like got distracted. You know, I was I wasn't stuck to the second season. Like when I, I very rarely do I kill something in one day. You know, Tiger King. I, Tiger King, I jumped on way late, but when I finally did, it was it only took me a day to finish it. Uh, I haven't boys, seen it yet. 
Well, it's worth it. It's worth it. It's not com- it's not comics at all, but it should it should be. They should make a, they should make an anime. They should make a, <laughs> there should be a graphic novel retelling because these characters just the way they look is the way that main guy uh, Joe King is just he's a he's a con- he looks like a comic book anti hero or villain, however you want to look at him. He's, oh yeah, he's so over the top. Um, he looks like an Asgardian on meth, you know, but. Uh, <laughs> But Tiger King, um, every single Netflix Marvel property I binged watched in a day. I think, I think Luke Cage season two might have took longer, but I think that's because I was in a relationship at the time. Um, right. <laughs> but every single Punisher season did it in a day. Every single Daredevil season did it in a day. Um, but outside that, uh, 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 Boys, I did that in a day. Tiger King, I did it in a day. Runaways took longer. But I finished it. Um, I don't think I finished season two yet. Yeah, I just trailed off for me. Yeah. Um, but then, you know, during the quarantine, I kind of reverted from, you know, Marvel and DC. And I was doing like nothing but 80s stuff. Like 80s stuff I've rewatched. Mm. 80s stuff I didn't see, but I saw the cover on Tubi or Pluto or Voodoo. And I'm like, I remember that cover box at Blockbuster. 30 years ago let me i gotta check this out and then i did and i might have been impressed or, or might not have you know there's but yeah it's but but you know with the plethora of streaming stuff and and content you know it's endless oh it is yeah it, it, there's this concern you know with quarantine and covid there's not going to be enough content and i don't i think they're wrong man there's so much there's so much new stuff in the last three years on netflix i still haven't watched i think people are still going to be watching stuff, but I, I just think like there's this concept in people's minds that you need brand new stuff nonstop all the time. And it's like, it's, I, I think with what we have, I think we have plenty of stuff to where the companies can stop spending money and just start making money with what they have. Yeah. I think that that's the case in, in many respects, but we also, uh, my wife and I, we watch the Great British Baking Show when we sit down to eat dinner. So we just watch one episode usually. We don't always finish it. Sometimes we'll save it till the next dinner. Mm-hmm. But um, so this new season eight just came out on Netflix. So what they did to get the season done, and I know it's more a reality show or it is a reality show as opposed to like, you know, a fully constructed superhero universe or something. Um, but they literally had all the contestants come quarantine at their base camp so that then they could all go on the show together and finish out the whole season before they get to go home and see their families. And although that's super stressful and crazy, <laughs> it's a way to get the content out during a time like this. Yeah, I, I agree. And, and, and I like, and I like, but what I also like seeing is people coming up with these workarounds, you know, Tyler Perry with his compound, you know, like he quarantines people from the start test them everybody comes up you know negative everybody comes out negative on 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 the tests all right then we produce and then quarantine for another two to three weeks after wrap and then released and you know he is he's putting that money and he's putting that care and that time tyler perry is there's another production that there's another production company that's going hard like that and these artists and producers and actors they're they're hell bent on it and but then there's a bunch of uh, there's a bunch of 
cool workarounds. There's a, there's a horror movie, and I, I've talked about this probably 10 times already. There's a horror movie called Host on Shudder. I, I know it's a Shudder exclusive. I don't know if it's available on any other streaming platform, but the whole movie is pretty much clear cut. It is a Zoom, it's a Zoom movie. You see the whole Zoom interface. They're straight up honest about this is a Zoom happy hour seance that they're having during quarantine, during 2020, during quarantine in, mm-hmm. in the UK. And it's about a seance. And of course they screw it up and the demon is haunting them through, through Zoom. And mm-hmm. it's, it's a, and, and just seeing like what they were, I, I, I can totally production wise, see what it is that they did with Zoom Mm-hmm. And, and maybe at these different locations and and maybe maybe uh the actors did it themselves they they were slick and and they knew the basics of production on what to shoot how to shoot and yeah. then it all, and then it all gets sent to uh sorry about that and then it all gets sent to an editor to probably tap on some some after effects some 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 animation some um flashy special effects and things of that nature and it came out phenomenal yeah, that's nice. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm also a big horror buff. My brother's a huge horror buff. So that was the first thing he mentioned. Host. You got to watch Host. And Cool. And, yeah, I'll check that out. And, and and it's so within real life that it's only 60 minutes because if you have a free account, you have more than one person on the call, you're limited to 45 minutes, I think. Hmm. It's it's so realistic within the within being within using zoom to have a social right. yeah, yeah. to have a social happy hour and nobody has a paid account all right it's going to be a it's going to be a 45 i mean they they made it an hour so i don't know how they pulled that off but it's a it's only a 40 it's only going to be a 45 minute social happy hour everybody has to hang up and then call back in right you know, mm-hmm. if you, i remember in april we were doing that but then i finally got I finally had to get an unlist, uh, you know, licensed paid account, you know, for like all this other crap that I'm doing. But I, I like when it, when 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 the, the when the when the Zoom call shut off. I won't spoil the ending, but when the Zoom call shut off, and I, I was like, "Holy shit, you're right! It's an hour long movie. It's an hour long call on Zoom." Right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So and that that's definitely worth the watch. But uh, you know, from there, I mean, I, I'm glad to hear that. You know, there's a few things that you you, you kind of you know, hit a, hit a, hit a road, road bump. Now I wouldn't say a roadblock, like just a road bump, but you're still creating, you're still productive. What's, what's next on, what's next on the agenda. I mean, and, and, and a lot of, and a lot of times who I have is filmmakers and actors. So I would say, have you been back on set, but you, you're still, you're still creating, animating. Yeah, no, um, I'm, I'm actually loving working from home right now. Um, I've started working on a couple other projects. Uh, fairly recently, I redid my whole website to make it, like I was working with some other people and we had some group projects going on and we decided to kind of just go in our own directions a little bit. So I refocused my whole website, made it about me, um, put some art galleries up, four different art galleries up of different styles of work I've done. I've got my um, video game and film galleries up. So for instance, if you look at all, on any one of the films I've worked on. You go to Avengers, it's got some behind the scenes stuff, uh, all the trailers on there. I've got like 30 different posters they released for the film. So just fun little stuff along with what I did on the film and talk about what my experience was. Um, so it was kind of fun to get back and redo my website that way. And I'm doing my new YouTube channel, starting a Patreon site. Um, I've started a uh, series of 
time-lapse style tutorials. So for instance, um, I sit down and draw basically like a nearly photo reel kind of eye and I record the whole process and you just see it from, you know, initial sketches all the way to finished painting. And then I've gone in and added notes with little avatars of my own face up there talking to the, the watcher saying, oh, well, this is what I did here. Or if you want to accomplish this, do this. You know, if you draw teeth, don't draw every black line between the teeth. It's hideous, you know, keep them clean and crisp, you know, little things like that, just to give people an idea of, you know, what I'm doing, where they can take their own art um, and really trying to, you know, retain that artist or that um, audience viewership, you know, like too often, you know, I'm sure we all do it. We'll start watching a video and we just skip through trying to find something more interesting <laughs> in it or, you know, just skip it and move on to the next video. Um, so I'm trying to create something that's um, a little more interactive. You know, you're not just sitting there watching the time lapse, for instance. You're getting to see some pop-ups, some bubbles, some notes, a couple jokes. Um, I've got two bands who gave me their full portfolio of music to use on all the videos. So every video has at least one song that's like the length of the video um, that I personally think is really good music. I know everybody has their own tastes and uh, whatnot, but it's an opportunity to try and do something new. And I feel like it's a good way for me to reboot my YouTube channel and really try and build it because it's nowhere right now. Like I haven't really put any effort into it. So yeah, I'd like to get to the point where I have a hundred subscribers, get my own, you know, domain name or whatever you call it, um, build it up from there and uh, really just see where I can take it. Merge all my social medias together and just keep doing my comic book along the way. Yeah. That's my plan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, well, that that kind of answers my next question. Was what what what's what's next on the agenda? But yeah, well, no, I, I'm. It's it's you know just like you said. It's for for some of us. This has kind of been a blessing in disguise, and or finding, you know, it really hasn't been a blessing for you know the country or the world. It it, it has no. been it has been a struggle. It has. We, you know, people have died from this, but, you know, each person has to, you know, work on surviving it and staying healthy and um, minimize the loss, but also what's, what's the best use of this time and, and, and how, what's the, what's the bright side? Uh, and it's a cliche, it's a cliche, but there's a reason why it's a cliche. You know, you have to find the bright side of this, that, and the other thing and create, stay productive, stay creative, stay proactive um the bright side of it you know and that's fantastic that yeah I'm, I'm glad that you're just pushing through and 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 making stuff you know dude trying to man you know and uh specifically to what's coming next is i along with the channel and everything i'm going to as i draw my my new comic my issue one of dark sub rosa i'm literally going to do a tutorial showing every single step as to how i create a comic book from the script to the layouts to how I design bubbles in Photoshop, but then how I get that text into those bubbles and ensure it's interactive and I can always update anything at any point I need through the process. So I think it'll, you know, having done two full comics at this point, um, I think I have a lot to share. So I'm hoping people really dig what I've learned and uh, will be able to utilize it themselves as well. But man, yeah, it's not easy for everybody. My wife's an esthetician. So she's supposed to be in there giving people face rubs and massages. And yeah. I mean, her business is just plummeted 
during this thing. Um, she's still working. She gets a couple clients a week, but they're all going in there wearing masks, the full screen setups, washing hands constantly. Um, it's not been easy. You know, I think those, those of us who work on the computer have it made, you know? Yeah, no, I only got one professional haircut. Uh, and if you, if you go back to like some of the earlier episodes of this podcast, you can tell. But I only got one professional haircut during this whole quarantine. And uh, later today, I'm about to get my, my second one because the, <laughs> they, the haircuts were presentable, I guess. But they, it, was, it wasn't like a good, you know, it wasn't a good high fade like I like. It wasn't smooth. It, and I, even when I got my first, when I got my first professional one, which I think was August or it might have been August when I got or July. Uh, the barber is like looking at it like, uh, is this your first professional haircut uh, since the quarantine? And I said, yeah, OK, I can tell. I'm going to fix this up, fix this up, because just the way, you know, certain things or certain the line might have been like crooked. He goes, no, it's going to this is going to look good. And, yeah, yeah. and you're and you're safe. None of us have it. We're still all going to wear masks. And so, you know, I got to sit there with a mask and then and just take it off for that one. Take that one gotta hold it on and take the, the one ear off and then he gets around that ear and then take the other ear <laughs> off and hold it and he gets that one ear and he's like okay we're good with the ears and then you sit, yeah, there with yeah. a, sit there with a mask on during a haircut man it's it's awesome yeah you know, man. my wife just found a picture of me from last october the first day of inktober she took a picture of me drawing and my sides were shaved i had short hair on the top this is what we're dealing with a year later yeah, man. It's fucked. <laughs> I have not seen a barber at all, but it's looking pretty good long. So I'm like, hey, you know, yeah. roll with it. Once, you know, once I'm done with my military service, I'm going to let the beard, I'm, I'm, I'm going to get the Behringer beard and the Behringer hair and I'm a rocket and I might get creative, you know, like long on the top and kind of like trimmed on the side and, you know, like that new cool mullet that, uh, you know, like the spec ops guys got, you know, whatever, but. Maybe, uh, we'll we'll wait we'll you know we'll we'll, we'll burn that bridge when when we get there and and uh and and oh yeah man experiment with the the beard two man. months ago yeah. this was just a poof and uh we were gonna do a zoom session with a bunch of friends from vancouver and my wife was like no she shaved it all down trimming it trimming it yeah no i i'm you know i i plan on doing that i only shave see i'm in the national guard so i only have to shave once a month Nice. So I shave once for the drill weekend, and then by the time weekend's gone, my wife's my wife has her favorite scruff back because she likes the scruff. <laughs> right. But you know, like as far as like the long big poof stuff, you know, there's that electric comb you can get. Uh, is yeah, electric comb that kind of it's like what women have for for straightening their hair. It does that. Mm. It heats it heats it, kind of straightens it down, and then maybe takes scissors to get it out of the mouth. Yeah. But it, it'll it'll groom it. It's like an electric comb and stuff. I had to do that today. Yeah, who's getting the curlies over the lips? I can't yeah. deal. I can't deal with that either, man. No, man. We we uh, there was uh, two summers ago. I had let it go the whole summer, and then we went to Sweden, and I didn't. And I think I forgot to pack all the shaving and stuff. She goes, "You don't bring it. I want like a full beard." And I wish I brought <laughs> at least like you know little scissors because it was in the mouth. I could, I could actually like you know. Drink. Oh yeah. No, you when you it's too it, much, man. It's too much. Yeah, you got to like. I even the last time, this is a few weeks ago. I kissed my wife, and I was like, I can't even. I can't even feel anything. Can't like all I'm gonna is my own hair against my face. Yep. Yeah. Yep. No good. 
yeah man but what's uh you know speaking of which what's what's your view of the i don't we kind of touched upon it but what's your view of the new normal i mean it's not fun like that's my biggest issue is you know even before this all started i've been working at home you know i wake up in the morning have my coffee get some breakfast and then usually just jump right on the computer and i work till you know, four, five, six, seven at night. Um, and then I used to be able to go out, have a beer, you know, go get some dinner. Um, even just get out and be around people just for the sake of it, go to the mall, go shopping, whatever. Um, and now that we can't do that, it's like I've got my same routine that I had before the pandemic without any of the get out and release yourself from this work mode or computer life you're living. Um, my wife, you know, she still heads out to work every day. So at least she has a little in and out of the house. She sees some other people, talks to some other people. Yeah. And um, for me, it's all digital at this point, which is a little weird. We did have a new shopping center open, uh, a couple restaurants with outside tables. And I'm still down to do that. I'm, if we can sit on a patio somewhere, we're not too close to others outside. I'm fine. I don't freak out about it. But sitting inside, hanging out with people at this point, I just don't want to do it, you know? Yeah. We, we go to a couple of places like that, that that have big space for that outside seating. Yeah. And so we do, we'll do that every once in a while. Go there with masks, you know, put a blanket over the kid's stroller. And then if, you know, uh, the, we've got, when we've got everything, the waiter's not there and there's people, we'll take, we'll take the masks off. So obviously, obviously to eat, we'll take the blanket off of the stroller and, you know, it's the three of us just, you know, hanging out, dining out. And, and that's every once in a while, you know, like every other weekend, yeah. maybe. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I agree with you. I, well, as far as like my work and my lifestyle has gone, it's kind of like half of that because, I mean, I, 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 miss, I miss set life. But at the same time, yeah. at the same time, I was doing a lot of live streaming at, you know, conferences, traveling. That's all done here now. And so I'm still busy doing that. I'm still plenty busy writing, um, prepping, scheduling, and just waiting for the floodgates to open at that point. But as far as like the paid work goes, it's a lot of remote editing. It's a lot of virtual live streaming conferences, um, maybe a voiceover gig, you know, every blue moon, if someone books me for that. I've been right. doing a lot of, I've been doing a lot of submissions for uh, voiceover auditions and, I nailed one. So I nailed, I nailed two my whole life. I nailed one during the quarantine. So maybe that as that progresses, but. Um, do you still go to the studio for something like that? Or do you do that? From I home? won't. Yeah. I won't. No, I'm going to do, I, I, I prefer to do that from home. I've, I kind of yeah. had to. I, so, you know, with like crew being on set, crew gigs, that's out. And, you know, acting is out. And, and a lot of my, and it's about 50 50. There's a lot of guests there's a lot of previous guests that are, you know, creatives in such a way that they're able to work from home. I mean, this, this new normal has been their old normal, you know, like, right. like yourself, it's essentially this new normal is the old normal with the exception of going out and, and socializing um, as far as work goes. And as far as creativity, it's always been here. And, and years ago, in the last four years, I've been trying to set that up for myself. And so when this thing hit, it was like, okay, podcast, you know, re start the podcast for a third time, edit a bunch of stuff in the can. And then people saw the podcast and said, 
oh dude we're doing virtual we're doing the virtual uh live streaming events now so no sweat they sent me you know some some more high-end gear for the corporate stuff and no problem that's what i've been doing because i had everything else set up for that and but yeah a lot of a lot of folks i had on were actors and and some are starting to get back on set um you know sets start sets are starting to open up again uh, some some directors have been back on set but it's been skeleton crews skeleton cast yeah. compl completely rewriting the script in such a way as the locations and the amount of people and probably rewriting the scripts or re-prepping the shoots in such a way that they're doing it on a very skeletal crew. But I, I, I just had like out of this, out of safety for the family, out of, out of security, I kind of had to put stipulations that um, I, well, I did, I took, I, I did the COVID compliance officer certification. So I'll go on set for that and I'll drive, but I won't fly. I won't fly for any reason. No, um, man. No. So, yeah. So I'll drive to a set to be a COVID compliance officer because, and I, because I know that'll be safe because I'm running that compliance. So I'll, I yeah. know I'll be super strict and I'll make sure it's safe because I'm running that aspect of it. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. You know, if there's a shoot, see, I'm, I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm pretty much right outside Bethesda, right outside DC. So if there is a shoot in this area and there was plenty of stuff going on and they're starting to pick that up again, but if it's, if it's a 15 minute drive and I'm assured that it's COVID compliant and safe. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm, I might, but I've been so busy with the virtual stuff that there's been no need for me to go on set probably for the rest of this year. So I'm not too concerned about it. <laughs> yeah. It'll be a while before things are uh, back to normal for sure back um, to a back yeah. to a back to a safe new normal but we're gonna see the way things have been going tele uh, remotely and virtual now is that's going to be how things are done half how half of the things are done now because they're going to take a look at okay uh microsoft was at the convention center in 2019 it was like a hundred hundred it was like a million dollar event for five days and then in 2020 microsoft did it all virtual the the, the yeah. microsoft convention was five days virtual for $150,000, all the same events, all the same new gadgets and, and, and all the new tech was advertised. All the same experts were there. All the same experts had their slides. They did, their, they did the split screen with, with, with them on camera with their, with their screen share of their slides. Mm -hmm. All the same information, all the same guests, all the same advertisement, all the same attendance online for 10%, uh, 15% of the budget. Yeah, it's amazing. 2021, it's... maybe do hybrid. 2022, stick with hybrid. 2021, stay completely virtual. 2022 and 2023, do it hybrid because... Well, I think it's going to be a mixed bag because I've already yeah. had three different guys hit me up about doing shows as soon as February next year. So, you know, of course I said, yeah, I'm happy to be there assuming you know we can do it in a safe manner mm -hmm. but no i'm not going to go to a big comic convention right now and stand in the middle of a room with hundreds of sweaty people just blah 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 blah, blah chatting you up and masks. you know that's just no thanks no masks or no, no masks yeah Ma even with masks no like um there there is some events going on in jacksonville uh in a couple months that they're doing outdoors um i'm really not 
in the mood to drive down to Jacksonville right now to do them, but I think that's a smart way to handle these kind of comic shows for the time being. Just get yourself a big field, yeah. <laughs> rent some tents, and it's keep everybody cheaper. outside at least. And it, it, it's still it's still in person. It's not a virtual. It's still in person. Exactly. It's probably cheaper yeah. to get like just an open area, open space. I know. And and as opposed to renting a giant, you know, casino or or, yeah, exactly, or, or, the, yeah. or the convention center or the yeah. or the hotel. Um, I mean, the last the last big the last two big comic con the last two big comic cons I went to. WinterCon was at uh, the casino in uh, outside Jamaica Queens, uh, and then Magfest and something else. I can't remember the name of it now, but Magfest was at the Gaylord, which is a huge, gargantuous hotel. But you're right, man. If they you just find like a property, you know, uh, a farm. Most states have farmland, and you just book a huge property probably a tenth of the price and i would think it'd be cheaper overall pop-up tents yeah <laughs> whatever you know, exactly and you just and and, and that's going to be one of your vendors is gonna supply these pop-up tents these cool like things and even though it's not comic book related that you might that, that vendor is probably going to get a lot of hits like dude your, your pop-ups are dope man like let's talk i can build their business for the next three years right. however long this plays out yeah yep but no, man, I'm kind of hoping um, the world doesn't go back to the old normal because, yeah. you know, I, I know, like I said, I left the industry, but um, a lot of my close friends from the VFX industry, they've all been able to take their computers home. They're all working from home. They're still doing their meetings every day. They're still getting their work done every day. And, you know, when it comes to studios like Disney and Marvel, um, they do like to keep a tight rein on things. Um, they want everyone in-house working on their projects, you know, for security reasons. They don't like leaks to get out and whatnot. But I think this is going to be proof to some extent, I hope, that um, they can trust the people working for them to be from home, to not share this information, to not get hacked on a regular basis. Um, and I, you know, I think it will provide people with healthier lifestyles in general. Um, you know, we, we used to work, if we were lucky, we'd work an eight hour day. Normally it's 10 to 12. And if you're crunching, you're going to be doing, you know, 12 hours a day, Monday through Sunday, you know, weeks in a row potentially, and they will pay you for your time. Um, but it, the urge the the need to get things out quick with like film and, um, TV production, it's uh, really hard on the people who work those jobs. And um, I think this, by letting people work from home, will give people the opportunity to have more life, not driving to and from work, being able to take a reasonable lunch break away from their computer, spend more time with their families. Even if they're still working those same hours, they're not gonna be doing the, the commute and that just forced extra work time. So I hope we evolve with our new normal Mm -hmm. and understand that people's lives are more important than some and, of these work schedules. And that was the first thing I was going to, that's the first thing I was going to say is eliminating that commute is adding hours to my work time. Totally. Yep. And, and, and not only that, but like, or home life. <laughs> exactly. And, and, and home life, you know, like uh, you, you could have the kid, you know, sitting right next to me, 
he might be reading a book. He might be in a playpen. He might be in a rocker. He might be, he might be watching an iPad or reading a book right next to me, you know, doing his thing. And I could take a five minute break and, and that five minute break and just having him or her right next to me playing with the kid, uh, you know, uh, talking to the talking to the uh to the spouse i walk upstairs i I check in on the wife and she checks in on me she comes down here and checks in on me and whether whether it's the podcast which is you know the passion project or whether it's the the virtual uh corporate stuff that i'm streaming out or if it's or if it's a remote editing gig we're still like not just texting we're we're face-to-face physically touching you know hugging um talking Exactly. Yeah. With each other. And, and, and that's, that is going, and I, I think clearly that is going to be what the new normal is. And I think the new normal is actually more appreciation of the social, a bigger appreciation of that social aspect, just, just the seven months, just the uh, roughly seven months. I mean, it's going to end up being a year, maybe, maybe even two of, of social distancing. So once, once, Dra- once drastic strict social distancing isn't required we're going to have an appreciation of socializing and gatherings but we're yes. also we're also going to be more cognizant of social distancing and and and, and being careful and, and staying healthy but those moments much, yeah and i think on top of that like i hope everyone gets to the point where they're happy to go back to work you know mm-hmm. but at the same time i hope we don't as a nation throw ourselves back into our overworking like hopefully you're right in that we create this balance now moving into the new normal Mm -hmm. we appreciate being social again but we also appreciate hey there is another way to live it doesn't mean crunch 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 you know like i remember 10 i remember 10 years ago everybody's talking about this laissez-faire what is it the 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 four-day work week the 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 four day work week and then the six hour work day and, and everyone's like, what do we do? And I'm like, shit, just stay home. Yeah. Like uh, a lot of us can do all this stuff. Teleworked. Um, my sister-in-law is a social worker, so I get it. She has to make those visits. Yeah. She can go from home to, uh, 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 to, a, to visit a case and then go back home. Yeah. Um, sure. I mean, commercial, Commercial real estate. I mean, I get it. It's 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 important to have some sort of headquarters, and it's obviously it's important to have a warehouse. You know, there's just there's there's gigs you know that we do that it goes without saying. You've got to have gear and you got to have a warehouse. Yeah, absolutely. And and there's and there's productions that have to have a lot of gear and big lights and big cameras, and you know, big jibs and cranes and all that stuff. You got to have that because there still is that necessity to have big productions. And then there's, and then the, and then there's the studio warehouses. You're, you're, you worked on, you worked on an end game. It's that huge studio warehouse with a lot of equipment and a lot of lights, a lot of, a lot of cast and crew in there, a lot of sound equipment and camera equipment and, 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 and props and et cetera. But at the same time, once that's done, it doesn't have to be an editing warehouse. It, it can be. Yeah. And, it, and more so in, in my case in particular with VFX, we're, we're remote outside of the big studio houses, but we've got our own studio house that every VFX artist, you know, hopefully shows up at the same place or one or two locations. Like we had one in LA and Vancouver and 
now it's branched out into like five different places around the world. Um, but nonetheless, just there, there, there definitely is a need to have that space. Mm -hmm. um, but I guess the way I would look at it is, I mean, as a supervisor, I had five or six meetings a day. So it's better if we're all there. But in the end, we're on screens with other people in two or three other places at the same time for all of these meetings. So it's like, do we need to be there? You know, we're all looking at a screen, sometimes with only one person on it anyway. Yeah. So I just feel like that's what I hope can change. Like you don't have to be there at eight or nine in the morning just so then you can go to a room with one other person and get on a screen with another person. <laughs> like right. we could probably all do that from home drinking coffee hard at work, but in our pajamas drinking coffee. You know, that's the kind of thing I'd like to change, at least in the VFX industry. Yeah, absolutely. At the end of the, at the end of the day, the final product is the final product. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And, and what chair you're sitting in isn't going to make a difference in the long run. What 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 structure you're in, whether you're your house or your or the building, or uh, yeah, or where you're working, at the end of the day, or what or what what you're wearing, you know. But yeah. at the end of the day, the content ends up still being the content the, the final product yeah. ends up still being the final product so. yeah and, and to what you started the conversation saying the four-day week work week for instance mm -hmm. like even just doing that and then every friday everyone works from home just something to give people the concept that they're being treated well that they have their home life that they're not always at work like i swear between sleep and work i was i was at home two to four hours a day if i was lucky yeah you know that's not how we want to live. Right? Exactly. Exactly. And that, and, and, and like I said, I was blessed somewhere with that hindsight to start setting this up years before the quarantine hit. You know, when I was date, when I, we started dating, I kind of had this hindsight. I, I, I know she's going to want to get married and have kids and, and soon. And, mm -hmm. and, and, and I decided that's what I wanted with her as well. So if I'm going to be doing this, knowing with all the set time that will be coming, I want to have at least a way to uh, eliminate a lot of that office or editing time away from home and do it yeah. here. And maybe even, maybe even set up a broadcast where I can start doing my own thing and making, making, making the thing my thing. Yeah. And, and set it up in the basement, set it up in the, in the loft or, or, you know, on a, in a sunroom, you know, the, not, not letting the gear overheat and blow up, but maybe in the sunroom, and it'd be like a nice, you know, setup somewhere in the house, in, a, in the lounge, in the loft, in the basement, in the, in the dungeon, in, in the laundry room, wherever. And, uh, and right now it's in the laundry room, but you, nobody, <laughs> nobody would ever know that because it's, it's because I have that experience with like set and light and, 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 and signal flow and, 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 technical gear and so on and so forth yeah, totally and the cameras and, and and the mics and such so yeah i mean but it's like i would you know luckily i wanted to kind of have like that uh sanctity and that and that luxury of working from home to an extent which benefited me in the long run here and hopefully we're able to still pull that off for you know for the everybody else we mentioned and and it's yeah. it's like clearly that's what we've been doing and it's been working it broke we fixed it a year or two it, it broke we fixed it mm -hmm. so now two years from now it ain't broke 
why why fix it? Maybe alter it. Yeah. I, I I agree with you more, but in reverse, four days a week working from home, and then on a on a Thursday or a Friday, you know, the, go go to the go to the office, the small little office with the with the with the crew meet, um, you know, the studio meet. Um, that's when you start micromanaging and looking over people's shoulder and seeing because the pro the project's shared online or what have you. It's a yeah. huge huge online database and so this is awesome man um the, you know this is like all right time for time for time for the second cut and this 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 is this is this and maybe yeah. do, maybe do some nodes some markers on that thursday or on that friday and then go home and that and the and then and the next week you're working on those nodes those markers those notes whatever and yeah. uh i nodes or notes or markers, whatever, whatever, whatever you well, guys use. <laughs> in VFX, you know, the one thing that, you know, there's always a time during the project where it's important to all be together. Um, yep. But, you know, like generally at the end of or middle of the day, we would do what's called, you know, dailies. Mm -hmm. And we'd all go sit in a big, dark studio, like a movie theater inside of our office. And um, we'd run through all the new takes that people have done on any, any new shot that they've been working on, whether it be minute adjustments to a hair color or seeing how a new muscle system works on a new rig or, or whatever else, and, you know, that can last, you know, an hour or more, depending on how many cuts you have to take, how many people you need to revisit their work. But um, I, I see the importance of everyone being in a big room to do that together. But again, I, maybe we call it every other dailies or whatever yeah. you want, Weeklies. just to give people the option to have a little bit more life, you know? Weeklies. Yeah. Because Weeklies, yeah. I, do you call it do you call it rendering or exporting and how much time is wasted at the at the office rendering exporting. I mean it's getting it's getting insanely better than it used to be obviously Wait, agreed but, yep you know years ago back in 2000 early 2000s when I was doing this Bro. even as a student yeah and we would kick off renders and you know we'd be working with smaller concepts at the time just because we knew what it was going to take, and you'd still be rendering 30 frames for three days, you know? Yeah. So obviously it's not like that anymore. Um, but the problem is now that we have the ability to render much more high quality, you know, high concept ideas and graphics, we're trying to do 10 times more than we used to. So it's still, it's, it's always going to be like, we're trying to push the computer to do more than it's capable of doing. Yes. So whenever it meets us, we shoot ahead. Yeah. Um, but yeah, to answer your question, the amount of time spent rendering, it, it can be considered a waste of time if you don't have multiple machines. Luckily, in most big VFX houses, every artist, kind of depending on your job, but pretty much every artist is going to have two different computers, at least two different monitors to be working on at any given time. Mm -hmm. So those um, compers or lighters can con constantly be rendering something bigger and better while they're touching up what they're doing, getting quick versions of the renders, you know, while they wait. Um, so, you know, it just takes more money, you know, throw money at it and you can get something done faster. But uh, to your point, yeah, like people don't need to be at the office all the time just waiting for these things to render through. Um, we can get updates on our phones at this at this point from our computers whenever something's finished. Yeah. We need to jump back in, send it out. We can automate most of that stuff at this point without even touching it again after we hit the render button. So yeah, I, I think there needs to be a change 
just to make everyone's life quality of life better. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Couldn't agree more. Well, what's, you know, one, what's one last bit of advice or, you know, one last point or a few points you'd want to make for our viewers, one last bit of advice. Well, you know, generally most of the interviews I do are strictly art based. Um, so anything I would say to any of those artists out there is whatever you're doing, it doesn't happen overnight. Um, don't expect a, a magic button. Um, it's, it's all about, you know, focusing hard on what you enjoy and make sure it's something you really care about. And you're going to want to be doing next week, next year, a couple of years from now. Um, but whatever it is, drawing, painting, sculpting, just stick to it. It's all about time put in. I mean, there is such a thing as talent to some extent. Um, and some people just have a better eye for things, but anyone can get where they want to go if they put in that extra effort. And uh, my other point, just with everything that's going on in the world right now, um, we're going to have to get through this. Stay positive. It's not easy. We all are having our ups and downs right now. And uh, get out there and vote. I think that's the most important thing we can all do as Americans right now. Yeah, absolutely. I think we need some drastic change in November. I already, vote, I already voted, and I voted for a major change. And Nice. <laughs> take 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 huge advantage of this mail-in, this absentee option, this mail-in option. I wish there was an online option, but still, I think that's years, that's decades out because still have yeah. any, the security. Any, that'll take a while. Security, yeah, secu the security yeah. aspect. One day we're going to have that chip in the brain and we can just be like uh, right or left, voting right, voting left. <laughs> right, totally. You, twi tw you twitch a nose, independent whatever <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. but yeah man i mean mail in mail it in or just set up that absentee bit so that there, there's that auto and, and i even i don't even really trust that absentee thing i don't know if they're if they find like an excuse to just ignore it but apparently well you know i did that mail-in voting commercial and i stand by it i think everybody should do it especially if they have any complications oh, yeah. um, when it comes to going into uh, you know, your local school or church or whatever it is that's hosting the polling station. Um, I say go for it. I, I do trust it. I think um, the, I won't get into more politics here, but I think it's, we've been told it's a negative thing. I do not believe that at all. No, I think uh, doing your mail-in voting is a very positive way to get your voice out there. Personally, my wife and I have, well, they did change our polling station, we just found out. But um, the last time we went in there, they had great, you know, social distancing. Everything felt very clean. They had sand sanitizer everywhere. We didn't feel cooped together with others. So just to be safe, we decided we're just going to go in, wear a mask. I lost you for a second. I don't know if you're still there. Yo. Yo, yo. Yeah, see, we start talking about voting, and all of a sudden... <laughs> Hold on, I'm gonna save that, save that funny joke for another live. <laughs> yeah, so I was saying we, we start talking about voting and all of a sudden signal goes out. Uh, that's a little suspect to me. <laughs> it's a whole big conspiracy. Oh uh, yeah, it's a big conspiracy, and and a lot of conspiracies have wound up being true too. So <laughs> anyway, <laughs> and uh, but anyway, um, yeah. Well, I guess yeah. We'll we'll, we'll start wrapping up, but um. Yeah, uh, mail-in vote, absentee vote, 
just in my opinion anyway big change yeah and uh, i think right after we got cut i probably kept talking for a minute without realizing it was it was cut for sure but uh yeah my wife and i we decided we are going to go to our polling place they just got great social distancing or at least last time they did so you know fear the coronavirus but do what you can to vote just get out there it's so worth it our country literally depends on it right now <laughs> yeah absolutely absolutely well um uh, any, any last, any last socials, links, plugs you want to put out there? Well, I don't know. Maybe, um, if I could send you a list of some stuff, maybe you could plug it at the end of the video or whatnot, but, uh, yeah, I've got a Patreon page. I'm just starting my YouTube channel, uh, BFWIII.com is the brand new website I was talking about. It's in the works, but there's some stuff on there to check out already. Um, but yeah, just trying to make some moves. So, um, I'd love to see you follow me, subscribe to me. Yeah, man. Uh, links in the description to Behringer's stuff, BFWIII, and and uh, his 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 new his comics and his animation coming out and uh, all that stuff. So, Behringer, I can't thank you enough for coming on. It was uh, is great chat. Um, a lot of great ideas, a lot of great insp inspiring, uh, you know, positive inspiring ideas and uh, man thanks for having me I'm, I'm continually motivated uh by you and, and a number of guests that i've had on it's just a lot of us just still seeing through the darkness and seeing a light at the end of the tunnel just working on what we can how however we can and just yeah. staying, staying productive staying creative staying adopt positive. and stay positive yeah <laughs> Ad adapt and overcome my previous previous guest just said that and that's that's been mentioned numerous times even I can't remember if that's, I'm in the Army National Guard. I can't, I think it's a Marine quote though. Adapt, improvise and overcome. Exactly. exactly. Hey, well, that's what we're living with right now. Absolutely. Well, absolutely. Yeah, man. Well, Behringer, I can't thank you enough for coming on. Uh, check out Behringer's links in the description below. And a quick plug on, on my end, Landon's Mafia, Landon August, Koya. Um, uh, we, uh, what is it called? A relapsed again with Sarcoma NOS. Um, had a had a second or third um, remission. That's what it called. That's what it's called remission. But um, he he's still fighting the good fight. And so links to his GoFundMe. You can buy one of these shirts. Uh, proceeds go to him at his at his pediatric cancer center. Um, Behringer Fox Wingard the third. I can't. Uh, again, it was it was a blast having you on. Um, and to my viewers, I hope I've earned the privilege of your time and viewership. I know Behringer has. And until next time, you know what to do.